Welcome to The Blaze. This is episode 139. I am your host, Alejandro Oveda. Thank you for pushing play to another great week. I got to tell you guys, thank you for all your support. The support has meant the most this week. You guys have really made my week in a particular way. You know, I haven't really been uh, seeing many uh, numbers going up uh, week to week. But this week, this past week, I have to tell you, I've seen a few uh, more listens. And I and I got to tell you, make sure you guys are sharing this podcast. Make sure you guys let people know that this podcast is, uh, you know, there for them every Thursday. Uh, this is a local podcast, but not only a local podcast. I like to talk about, you know, sports and other music that uh, I like to listen to throughout the week. Uh, but this week we were still able to, uh, you know, celebrate our Spanish Heritage Month and I got to tell you guys, you know, this was an amazing um, thing that we did throughout this whole month, uh, trying to celebrate, uh, you know, just culture in general. Um, We were able to go to the Big Fresno Fair, which, you know, uh, this is our second time. I I already talked to you guys. We went last last podcast, but uh, we ended up going for uh, the Fiesta Day and Yesterday is always a day that I like to go just because I like to see um, just my my culture celebrated. Um, it's not all the time you get to see people dressed up in their folk, folklorical um, dresses, their folk, folklorical suits. Uh, you, you don't always hear the mariachi and, you know, just the Spanish music uh, bumping through the speakers at the fair. And I, I think it's an incredible thing that, um, they do this every year, and especially for the last uh, day of the fair, um, it, it's something to really go uh, and, and grasp. Um, but I was able to watch a few acts. Um, one was Mariachi Oro de Mexico. Um, it was a mariachi that was uh, playing at the Paw Paw Theater. Um, and they had actually entertainment throughout the whole day in the Paw Paw Theater. So it was a really, really fantastic day. Um, but I also was able to watch El Daza, um, who is also a Spanish um, singer. Um, got to listen to a few different songs from him, but uh, didn't really stay for that. Uh, ended up walking around and actually checking out uh, the middle entertainment section. Right in the middle, they have like a like a little circular stage. And right there had my attention. Um, they were singing Selena, um, Gloria Estefan, some of my favorite, you know, Latin singers. So it was a great way to just celebrate my hair, you know, Latin Heritage Month or Hispanic Heritage Month, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I just know that we need to celebrate culture year round. If it's Mexican culture, if it's black culture, if it's Asian culture, it doesn't matter. Culture needs to be celebrated. And I think, you know, the Big Fresno Fair, this was a great way uh, to really celebrate, um, you know, just the the Latin and Spanish heritage uh, that is before you. I mean, we have a, a great population of Hispanic people here in Fresno and I think it's just going to continue to grow. So we need to uh, appreciate each other, appreciate each other's cultures. And that is one way that we are going to get ahead um, of these times, especially a, a way to really end uh, these, you know, 
race racism times, I would have to say. Um, just enjoy each other's cultures. And, you know, I tried to make sure that I make this podcast into something diverse so everybody uh, gets a little bit of shine on this podcast. But this week I was also able to check out that new Versus. Uh, it was Big Daddy Kane versus uh, KRS-One. And I got to tell you, what a great Versus it was. Um, to me, this was the definition of what uh, hip-hop is. Uh, two of the best MCs of all time. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, of course, uh, my my favorite. Uh, but KRS-One definitely... One of the best entertainers I've ever witnessed on a stage. Um, I have never seen him live, uh, but definitely heard some great things uh, through my cousin. Um, he's seen him a couple times, actually met him in person as well. Uh, but this verse has really made me understand why they uh, they developed this, this kind of uh, platform. You know, and this versus battle really made me appreciate the culture that I, that I really identify with. And, I, you know, the hip-hop culture is humongous. And I think, you know, this this kind of versus battles is only going to get bigger. It's only going to get better. Um, and I, I think if you have not seen it, make sure you guys check it out, man. I'm telling you, um, they've already had a few that, that, that I think have already been classics, you know? Um, the, you know, the Fat Joe, the Ja Rule one, uh, they got the Dipset versus the Locks, and, and now this one, KRS-One versus uh, Big Daddy Kane, it definitely has me on the hook, and I, I can't wait for the next one. But this week, I was able to listen to a lot of new music, and this week, I wanted to review one of the most influential artists in my generation, you know, he's impacted uh, the modern sound of hip-hop and has been known to be very controversial. Uh, Young Thug is known to be different from his, you know, distinct sound of his vo vocals to his choice of fashion. Um, Thug has definitely done his thing on his own terms and has looked, and many has looked to him as one of today's biggest acts. Um, his first... He first came on the scene in 2011 under Gucci Man and later was released. He then signed to 300 Entertainment and was part of Rich Gang, uh, which was an affiliate with Birdman and Cash Money Records. And then Young Thug uh, now has his own uh, label called YSL, which is Young Stoner Life. Um, Young Thug released a few mixtapes, including Barter 6 and his Slime Season series. His commercial mixtapes include I'm Up and Sli uh, Slime Season 3 and Jeffrey. He's won a Grammy for his songwriting contributions on Childish Gambino's This Is America. Young Thug has now debuted uh, two studio albums, So Much Fun, which was released in 2019, and then Slime, uh, Slime Language 2, which features his uh, Stoner Life label mates. Um... This week, I really wanted to review uh, his newest release called Punk, which was released last week. I'm a big fan of Young Thug because I feel, you know, he is truly an artist. Um, and this album is a great, 
album just to vibe out to. You can get lost in most of the production, which, you know, is always my favorite part of Young Thug's style. Uh, but my favorite songs off his newest project, Punk, are Die Slow featuring Strict, Stressed featuring J. Cole and T-Shine, Living It Up featuring Post Malone, ASAP Rocky, and Bubbly featuring Drake and Travis Scott. And the song that really uh, got my eye or got my ear uh, to listen to this album was Day Before, which was featuring Mac Miller. And um, I was able to watch an interview of Young Thug talking about um, how he was able to get in the studio the day before uh, Mac Miller was, uh, you know, pronounced dead uh, through that fentanyl overdose. Um, so this is just a great piece of work. And I just hopefully... Hopefully you guys really agree with me. Um, I'm not too sure what you know what what everybody's idea is for um, Young Thug, and people have their own idea, and people really kind of use that idea against him. But I think to me it, it really works for him, and, and it really transcends him um, to the next um, you know whatever next move he makes. I mean, everything that he's done so far has really been a hit. So make sure you guys check out Punk and uh, enjoy all the music. And this week, we finished a great show called Manifest. It's a Netflix show, and it, actually Netflix just announced that they'll be returning this awesome show. If you have not seen it yet, make sure uh, you check it out because it's a perfect time to binge watch this thriller slash mystery, which follows passengers coming home from a trip from Jamaica that was called Flight 828, which landed safely in New York after uh, feeling terrible turbulence that caused the plane to disappear for five and a half years. You know, the loved ones of these passengers had to move on, had to go on five years without, um, without knowing exactly what happened to the passengers. Um, but it's not until this phenomenon is discovered and when the plane lands, that these families finally get to be rekindled. Not only do they get a second chance at, at uh, you know, life, basically, but it's also another uh, chance to start um, a new humanity or a new way of, of treating each other. And as soon as you realize, you know, these passengers um, are more connected than just the flight, they're connected with a certain feeling, with a certain calling and if you if you haven't seen this make sure you uh, stream all uh, three seasons now on Netflix and let me know what you think because I know season four is not too far away but now I want to talk about some local news and this week there has been some new findings in the Brent Cox case which a woman admitted her role in the sexual abuse of a 12 year old girl um, whose mom was involved in a love triangle. Jillian Cox admitted to child abuse, and she is now sentenced to four years of probation and 52 weeks of classes for child abusers. Um, investigators say that, you know, Brent Cox repeatedly abused the daughter of the couple, um, of the couple's living girlfriend, Tammy Schreiner. Um, and this investigation has been going on since the first week of February when Brent Cox was accused of abusing a 12-year-old girl. 
The mother of the daughter, Tammy Schreiner, denied and defended Brent Cox and even gave her, do- her daughter a throwaway cell phone and tried to coach her on how to lie about the abuse she was re- receiving. You know, prosecutors are trying to make a plea with the mother to try to avoid forcing the girl to testify, which inevitably would make her live out all the trauma all over again. Um, but they're trying to register the mom as a sex offender so she can't expose any other children. Um, the investigators investigators also found evidence from Brent Cox, uh, recorded evidence. Um, I, I heard it was a video uh, that he tried to hide um, at his um, employer, Tioga Sequoia. Um, they found that and also a gun, which he was not supposed to have a possession of any firearm due to uh, prior convictions. Um, but this possession of child pornography is only one of 13 charges Brent Cox is facing. Um, Tammy Schreiner and Brent Cox are due back into court next month um, when they could actually uh, enter their plea deal. Uh, but this is a disturbing story, and I could not believe, you know, the mother would actually do this to her child. You know, I just hope people like this don't deserve to see uh, the light of day. Um, it's a crazy story to to know that, you know, uh, Brent Cox and his wife had a, a, a girlfriend and then the, the girlfriend daughter was supposed to be his third wife in a way. It's just disturbing to know that this kind of stuff exists. So make sure you guys are staying aware. Make sure you guys are staying on top of the news because stories like this are happening more and more often. But on some better news, let's talk about MC Wix's newest Hector Ramon's Lost Cause Lost Album. And this week I was able to listen to MC Wix's newest release. And it's been a while since I've actually got to listen to some new MC Wix. So it was a lost album, of course, but I heard that most of these uh, songs were still had their uh, rough draft. So he was able to restore them, and, and I think he just decided to drop it. And of course, you know, being a fan, I I had to had to listen to it. Um, but I believe you know the production on this project was great. Uh, my favorite songs are "Respect the Name," "Danger Zone," uh, featuring Guillotine Regime, and "Hood Stories." You know, these are my favorite types of projects. The ones that are like lost album lost tapes um i know bkr um raps had a few uh songs that were um kind of released this way and i think you know sometimes this makes the listener gravitate more towards the artist you know it it really makes me connect with the artist and it shows me that there are hiccups in in the process you know things like this do, do exist um, but if you're interested to hear this lost album, make sure you check it out at MC Wix or mcwix.bandcamp.com or check out his YouTube page. Um, definitely worth listening to. And uh, I got to say, I can't wait for the next MC Wix project. But while we're on our local um, segment, let's talk about our Friday Night Lights. And this week, Buchanan still leads the central section rankings at their Number one spot with 
with their uh, record holding at 7-1 after a huge win against conference rival Clovis. Uh, they beat Clovis 33-24. to uh, Really defeated Roosevelt 42-12. to Clovis North defeated Clovis West 28-7. to Bullard beat Sanger 42-21. to Emmanuel beat Kerman 40 to 13. Madera defeated Edison 34 to 14. Kingsburg just slipped by Danuba 42 to 41. Fresno High defeated Hoover 33 to 21. San Joaquin Memorial defeated Madera South 47 to 3. Sunnyside beat Madera South 47 to 3. And then Sunnyside defeated McLean 34 to 7. And then a big game of Exeter defeated Selma 31 to 14. And this week on Friday night light matchups, we start with our Thursday matchup, which is going to be Central versus Clovis West, uh, Clovis versus Clovis East, and um, no, no, no. I think it's on Thursday Central versus Clovis West, and then on um, Friday it's going to be Clovis versus Clovis East, Buchanan versus Clovis North, Liberty versus Kerman. Hanford West versus Kingsburg, McLean versus Reedley, Bullard versus Madera, Edison versus San Joaquin Memorial, Washington Union versus Sanger, Hoover versus Roosevelt, Fresno High versus Sunnyside, Tulare Union versus Mission Oak, Kalinga versus Dos Palos. And, you know, the CIF Central Section rankings are as fit right now. Uh, number one would be Cannon, number two with Central. Number three with San Joaquin Memorial. Number four with Clovis. And number five with Liberty Bakersfield. We still have a lot of football to go for the rest of the season. So make sure you guys tune in every week for your Friday Night Lights segment. Now let's talk about your Fresno State Bulldogs who are 5-2. and two. The dogs are back this week at home. Last week our dogs defeated Wyoming Cowboys in a 17-0 blowout. Uh, it was led by a running game, which both Ronnie Rivers and Jordan Mims both had good games, featuring a dual-back look that looked promising. You know, Jalen Cropper also added another TD to his bag, making it a total of 11 TDs for the year. The Dogs are now looking at a big game this week as they face off against Nevada Wolfpack, who are currently second in the Mountain West West Conference with a 5-1 and record. This will be a high-intensity game as they will be retiring Lorenzo Neal's number 22 jersey. Uh, the Dogs have a 13-10 record against Nevada since the move uh, to the Mountain West. The Dogs are 5-4, but Nevada will be featuring their high-powered offense uh, led by QB Carson Strong, who has been averaging about 331 yards a game and is looking to be a potential uh, first-round NFL draft pick. You know, Nevada is statistically one of the best in the nation in offensive categories, but the Dogs will need to be able to score along with Nevada's high-powered offense. So Jake Hayner will need to play another great game and lead this high, you know, our own high-powered high offense. Um, but this will be Fresno State's homecoming game, so make sure you make it out to the game to support your dogs. Now let's talk about the NFL. And the NFL has really been in a whirlwind since, you know, the discovery of those emails uh, that featured John Gruden making 
uh, homophobic and racist comments. Uh, the focus on the NFL has not been about the league in a whole. And I just wanted to pay more attention to the rest of the season as we have, you know, ourselves um, a lot more football. So let's talk about the power rankings this week. And I want to start it off with uh, number five. Uh, this week, the Baltimore Ravens, who are 5-1, and one, you know, reached top five as Lamar Jackson has been playing, I would say, iffy. You know, he threw the ball last week for 167 yards with two interceptions. Um, they did beat the AFC West leader, you know, Chargers in a 34-6 win. Uh, but the running, the running game of the Ravens um, made made the offense balance out, and the the defense held the Chargers to only twenty six rushing yards. Um, so they they they're at number five this week. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are at number four with their record at five and one, um, and I don't think Dak Prescott could be stopped this year. Um, you know this has been why they lie up in the top five. Um, and the Cowboys, you know, this week really put together a great game against the Patriots uh, in Foxborough. Uh, Prescott looked to be hobbled with a strained calf, but with uh, a bye week this week, he will get plenty of rest. And the defense has been looking tough, um, led by Trevin. Diggs, who, you know, he already has seven interceptions for the season. So I feel like the Cowboys are looking to be uh, the team to beat. Uh, but at number three, we got the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are 5-1. and one. They're still on top of the NFL this week after, you know, Thursday night win against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Bucks have played their third game in 12 days. Um, and Philly looked to make things interesting in the fourth quarter which led to another Tom Brady, er, Tom Brady drive uh, to win the game. You know, the Bucks are still playing at a high level despite the injuries that have been plaguing their team. Um, so they're looking to really defend their title this year. Um, and at number two, we got uh, the Buffalo Bills, who drop off a spot from last week's power rankings after a lot of criticism of going for it on fourth and one rather than kick the field goal in closing seconds in the matchup against the Tennessee Titans. You know, the coach put his trust in his best player, Josh Allen, to run the ball and secure the win. You know, instead of uh, the Titans' defense really held it together, stopped Allen when it when they needed to, which Allen, I feel like, could have got that play any other day. You know, a 9 out of 10 plays, Allen would have made a touchdown. Uh but he inevitably lost his balance and fell short of the marker. You know, it was just a gutsy play, which I think it could have went either way for Buffalo. And if it was a perfect circumstance, you know, they still made a, may have only lied number two in the power rankings. Uh, but the Arizona Cardinals lead the power rankings at number one as they go 6-0 and this week. Uh, they went without head coach, Cliff Kingsbury or Clint King Kingsbury, as he has a, posi a positive COVID nineteen test that led him to be sidelined. Uh, the coaching staff for the Cardinals did a great job, as the Cardinals beat the Cleveland Browns in a thirty seven fourteen win. The Cardinals defense is continuing to show their dominance, 
force forcing uh three Baker Mayfield turnovers last week. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins hooked up for two TDs. The Cardinals are six and zero for the first time since the seventies, and they look like to be true defender uh, contenders this year, being able to beat their opponents by not only their offense but us but also by their defense. Uh, but let's talk about Week Seven matchups, and we start Thursday with Broncos versus Browns, and then Sunday Chiefs versus Titans, Washington versus Packers, Bengals versus Ravens. Panthers versus Giants, Falcons versus Dolphins, Jets versus Patriots, Eagles versus Raiders, Lions versus Rams, Bears versus Buccaneers, Ten- Texans versus Cardinals, and Col- Colts versus 49ers. And then on Monday night, we got the Saints versus the Seahawks. But now let's talk about the MLB and the NLCS this week. The Dodgers beat the San Francisco Giants in the NLDS last week. In a three to two series, um, and it seriously went down to the last out. Uh, but the Dodgers advanced to the NLCS and are facing the Atlanta Braves. And the Dodgers are currently three and one in the NLCS, losing their uh, losing their series right now, and are playing tonight at home um, with their last home game in the series. So. The, Bra- the Braves had one of the best hitting performances in Game 4. Um, the Braves defeated the Dodgers 9-2. It was led by Eddie Rosario, who who had two home runs and four RBI. Uh, game 6 will be Saturday, and then um, Game 7 on Sunday if needed. So um, this is going to be a win or go home for the Dodgers tonight. And then in the ALCS, the Houston Astros are currently ahead of the series against the Boston Red Sox in a three and two series. Uh, the Red Sox are on a two game losing streak and are now playing um, in Houston. Uh, the series has taken a turn as the Astros lead the Red Sox 18 to three in the last two games. In game four and five, the Red Sox scored 18 runs to, uh, or the Astros scored 18 runs to Red Sox only three runs. So the Red Sox really need to get their hitting back, um, and they will need to win two games to become, you know, the ALDS champions and advance to the World Series. Game six will be played Friday, and game seven on Saturday if needed. Now let's talk about the NBA. And opening night was a success as the Bucks received their rings for their championship win against the uh, Phoenix Suns last season. It was great seeing local uh, NBA center Brooke Lopez celebrate with this hardware. You know, the emotions were in the air as the Bucks took on the Brooklyn Nets and what should have been a East or what should be uh, the Eastern Conference Championship. The Nets were without point guard Kyrie Irving still, uh, who is still banned by the organization due to not uh, taking the COVID-19 vaccine. The Nets will have a lot of work ahead of them as their season may be tougher than imagined without Kyrie. The Bucks were strong from the beginning at the end and uh, the Bucks were strong from the beginning to the end and I expect them to make the biggest noise in the East and probably to be the front runners for the NBA Finals this year. The biggest story was about the Lakers and the addition of Russell Westbrook, uh, but Westbrook only had 8 points, shot the ball, shot the ball 4 of 13. 
in 35 minutes of play. So the Lakers and Co. will need to really make an adjustment, make the best of the situation as it struggles to shoot the ball against the Warriors on opening night. You know, Curry was able to put together a great game, but still struggles shooting the ball. The question is, can LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook be enough to win a championship? We will have to wait and see. But also in NBA news has been about Ben Simmons and Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, ben Simmons demanded a trade. Uh, the, the organization has been in a weird place. And many don't know exactly how the, six, the Sixers might handle this. He was suspended on Tuesday after refusing to participate in a drill, which led the team to quickly uh, suspend him. I, I mean, I don't understand why they um, are suspending him, but I understand that there has been tons of criticism behind Ben Simmons, you know, after Doc Rivers stated he was not a championship point guard. Um, this is due to his shooting ability which has been non-existent um, through the season, through the playoffs. Um, so they're definitely in a weird position of do they trade uh, Ben Simmons or do they sit him? Um, it's going to be a strange thing, especially because he's asking for a trade. Uh, he doesn't want to be there. So one thing that you have to take into account is, yes, that's a lot of money, but at the same time, is he going to be the cancer in the locker room? So, there's going to be a lot of questions that uh, the Sixers are going to be asked, uh, especially what they're going to do with this uh, situation. But I want to thank you guys for all your support this week. Make sure you guys are supporting all your local businesses. Make sure you support all your local artists and all your local podcasts. I'm Alejandro Oveda. I'm signing off episode 139.